0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest episode of Sports' Life Podcast, where this week's theme is based on the Tyler Perry play.
1: (laughs) Really, it's just a celebration of Tyler Perry opening the
0: largest movie studio in the nation. Well, first, uh, what happened was we usually do this segment referencing an, an old school TV show in reference to... Uh, Courtney's whereabouts, but in light of recent events with uh, my favorite professional football team's cornerback (laughs) for one week only, what's the name of it, Courtney? Where in the world is Jalen Ramsey, San Diego? (laughs) I think our last podcast, I I was hoping, wishing that Jalen would still be a Jacksonville Jaguar, by the time we taped this episode, and well, fortunately he is. Unfortunately, I don't know. I mean, the Jaguars said they're not going to trade him.
1: Thank goodness. I believe it. Are they going to? The question really is: Are they going to franchise tag him at the end of this year?
0: Like I said a couple weeks ago, <laughs> best case scenario is that <laughs> they pay him when the season's over. I mean, they got to pay him at some point because, as
1: we discussed, he's the only, like, of the top five draft picks for his year. He's the only one who hasn't gotten paid
0: and might be (laughs) the best. Not to mention that he makes our football team significantly better because we lost to Carolina this past Sunday, and Christian McCaffrey ran around our defense like it was a Pop Warner game. Yes, he did. And our defense did not play well. The mood in Jacksonville is kind of tapered off of Jalen, especially since our current starting quarterback uh, has made headlines. They think they've already dubbed him a legend because he has a mustache. A mustache, really? Well, I don't. He's he has an adult film mustache. Oh dear God. Yeah, I ain't trying to say the P word on the podcast. So Gardner Minshew has has taken up all the all the media in Jacksonville because of his his look and the fact that he can actually throw a football. And we haven't had somebody like that in Jacksonville in a long time. You know what's interesting? Is that his name is more of a poor name
1: than his mustache. I'm
0: just yeah. going to say it. <laughs> I mean, they did a whole opening to NFL Sunday Countdown with him and the dude to play Uncle Rico, really and Napoleon Dynamite. Yes, you haven't seen it yet. Nope. We put we put that in the show notes. Okay. They actually the dude that was Uncle Rico and Napoleon Dynamite actually came to Jacksonville. They filmed in like a waffle house down at the beach. I can't. And then did like a little thing with them meeting each other in the stadium. So anyway, Jalen last couple weeks. First he had the flu. <laughs> Which was legit because a lot of people had flu around Jacksonville. No lie. I don't know how he got it, but.
1: I mean, it's not. I, I feel like I believe this more if it was actually flu season. But
0: then again, we do have an NFL player currently with mono. So Then he went to Nashville for the birth of his uh, second daughter. Once again, <laughs> legit excuse, I guess.
1: I, I guess. I mean, I know like players have kids all the time. And I know that there's usually a plan in place for that. I mean I'm a little confused as to why having said baby in Nashville instead of in Jacksonville, that's a little weird because he's in season. But also, like, apparently this was gonna be a big deal and we needed to, you know, talk to the media about it.
0: But now his back hurts <laughs> and he didn't he hasn't played the last couple weeks due to said back. And Sunday, apparently, he went to Houston to see a back specialist. Perfectly fine, except for the simple fact that a picture popped up of him, his agent, and Houston Texans quarterback Deshaun Watson chilling out. And Jags Twitter continued to lose their mind every single time something happened to him.
1: Yeah. See, I didn't know about that last part. Now, granted, people have the opportunity to do things outside of playing football. And I'm assuming that since just Sean Watson was with them, that it was probably not during a time when there would have been a game. I mean, on some level, I might assume that they have the same agent. Yes. So it's not really all that weird. It's just...
0: It's just a sequence of unfortunate events right right
1: It'd be different if he was hanging out with the owner of the Houston Texans. But this is a lesson on how not to handle PR for both sides, because it just seems like unnecessary drama.
0: And really, the team hasn't really done anything. Is basically the, the Duval media that has... I'm very wary of the media here in Jacksonville and how they like try and take small stuff, or how they try to make a, a mountain out of a molehill. And, I mean, really... He's really not on their good side anyway, so they're probably gonna try and find anything to like make him look like a villain. I mean, but it's also not hard right now. But if they end up trading him and our defense go back, goes back to being crap, they're gonna have to find a new narrative, right? I mean, I think that people can agree
1: that Jalen is really good. I don't think that that's the problem. Somebody needs to be the the enemy.
0: Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback Mason Rudolph got a concussion yesterday during their game with the Baltimore Ravens. And, you know, we've talked many and many times about the NFL and safety and no matter what they really do to try and make it appear that they care about player safety, Everything that happens just reinforces that they have no clue and have no regard for how their players are treated. Case in point, Mason Rudolph, who got a concussion with a hit by Earl Thomas, which from the looks of it was a legal hit, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, This was one of those concussion-like hits that had him on the ground with his arms like frozen it was one of those it <laughs> yeah. didn't look too nice nope. and you know usually when a player gets a concussion you know they take the protocol they put they stabilize the head you know they put them on a, on a gurney put them on a stretcher you know take all all the necessary precautions to make sure they don't do anything stupid well Mason Rudolph actually had to walk off the field under his own power yesterday <clears throat> Because the cart malfunctioned. So I didn't tell Smiley this
1: before we started taping. The NFL actually released a statement that said,
0: "Oh, I can't wait." Basically,
1: the long and short of it was he could he could walk off the field, and that's why he did. And that if they needed the cart, there was another one on the other side of the side on the other sideline that they could have just brought out. Which I actually believe, especially about the cart part, just because I've worked enough events. They do typically have backups of things, like they don't only have one, especially not for emergency equipment. So I actually tend to believe them on the fact that there was another cart available
0: if they would have needed it. If they had to take off his face mask, that just doesn't... That just seems like... That sounds like BS to me.
1: I mean, whether or not he needed to be taken off the the field on the cart or not, I have no comment on because I don't, I'm not a doctor. I don't understand pro- concussion protocol, but I do know just from like an event perspective, they probably did have another cart that they could have easily accessed. And where were they in Pittsburgh? Pittsburgh runs a pretty tight ship in terms of like protocol and having the proper equipment on site.
0: Yeah, that just looked too bad for it to just be. Oh, I'm just gonna get up and walk. Yeah, off. but, but pl- like it's- I've 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 seen players that have been put on the cart for less.
1: Yeah, but I guess the cool thing is, like for concussions, they don't always get taken off on the cart.
0: Yeah, because is is not easily diag. I mean, I will not say it's not easily diagnosed, but I mean, there's a difference between a player walking off the field a little groggy and doesn't have his his bearings. As opposed to, holy smokes, this dude looks like a freaking scorpion on the field right now because his head has been concussed to the point that he can't feel his arms in the moment.
1: I mean, true, but it doesn't mean that because that's how he initially started that he didn't quickly gain access to his limbs. Now, he might not be able to play football. You know what I mean? It doesn't mean he can't walk. It's kind of like when somebody tears their ACL. Most of the time, they can walk and their achilles but doesn't mean they can actually do anything else so i mean i get what you're saying but i also i don't know i might be a bit skeptical on whether or not this is actually anything
0: fair enough the optics doesn't doesn't look good i'll just put it like that
1: and the nfl is is all about if nothing else optics <laughs>
0: Courtney, uh, you used to work for the Orlando Predators, correct? I did. A decade ago, guys. A decade. <laughs> yes, it was a decade ago. And I remember this because our man Jay Gruden, I, do not, I, I don't think of him as the head coach of, well, <laughs> now the former head coach <laughs> of Washington Redskins. I feel like we've told this story on podcast before, but back when good old Jay Gruden was the coach of the Orlando Predators... Courtney got us tickets to the game and tickets to the or attendance to one of their million uh, after parties with all the players and coaches. Yeah, those were always interesting. <laughs> yes, they were. Because when I went to, I was sitting at the bar two seats away from Jay Gruden while he was he was being very philanderous. I don't even think <laughs> that's a word. It is not. But he was, he was being he, friendly. He was being friendly, drunk and all over Some uh, some women, and that was when he was just the head coach of the Orlando Predators.
1: I mean, it's really easy to be, you know, not great when you're the head coach of an arena football league team. Exactly. You know, you're not low. You're low profile. All I remember about Jay is him shooting rubber bands at me whenever he walked past my desk. Because in arena football league world, the entire front office, including the coaching
0: staffs. Is in one little, and it was a it was a converted house. <laughs> we say that to say that uh, Jay Gruden got summoned at five a.m. this morning,
1: dude. I wouldn't show up at five a.m. Like you could just for real.
0: I'd be like, man, y'all gonna wait till I get there?
1: Exactly. <laughs> y'all can send somebody to my house. Like I got nothing for this.
0: And I don't know because yesterday he said that he was very secure with his job. I don't know if he was just. He had to be talking out his behind because I nobody believed that. He was secure in the fact that he was about to get fired. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) like yo. So if you if you if you felt like you weren't gonna get fired, I still ain't showing up at five a.m. in the morning. I'm sorry, nah. That's but we mentioned this story because apparently it's not the reason he got fired. But Jay came under fire for a video that popped up. Somebody videotaped him. I don't know if it was at a house party. I don't know if it was at you know a bar, whatever. But he was smoking a quote unquote unknown substance, and in the video also, uh, it looked like he was hitting on some women. I don't know how old they were. I'm pretty sure I'm hoping that they were legal. I mean, I don't think we need to start any rumors about them not being legal. So we're gonna <laughs> yeah, go with so, we're gonna okay. go with they were just they young. were of age. They were just younger than him. I mean, with regards to optics and stuff being in the dark, I mean, you're well known within the Washington, D.C. area because you're the head coach of the professional football team. And two, you suck at being the head coach of the professional football team in D.C. area. So, I mean, but let's be real. Does he really suck or
1: is that organization just not one that's really capable of being,
0: of being I good? I think both things, both <laughs> things can be true. <laughs> I don't think they set him up for success, but at the same time, it's like, yo, you only made the playoffs one year in the time that you were there.
1: Then again, I don't necessarily think that I thought he was ready to be a head coach. Jay was always a good like QB guy, right? Like, and he's at the Preds and stuff like that. He was good, and you know, he was on his brother's staff. Like he he was like an offensive guy for his brother's staff. I feel like I don't have a gauge on whether or not I think Jay's actually a good coach or whether he just kind of made the best out of
0: what he had. I, I I honestly think both things can be true because they really haven't had much to they haven't really given him much in the time that he's been there. So,
1: yeah, like I mean he had Kirk Cousins who they never wanted to commit to and pay. So it was kind of like weird limbo seasons with that. He had Robert Griffin, the third at the beginning. He was like half broken.
0: Well, he had post injury Robert Griffin. The right. Third.
1: So I said half broken. And then he kind of had Alex Smith, who leg was literally broken in half. And then now you've got this weird Dwayne Haskins, nobody quite knows what that's supposed to look like situation. Not to mention other injuries, like, but. It doesn't help when you get caught with co-eds.
0: With him being the head coach of the Redskins, like, I, I, I don't know if he could have avoided somebody taping him because, I mean, you can't really avoid anything nowadays unless you pretty much go to an event where phones are absolutely not allowed. True, but I also
1: feel like people ain't usually trying to, like... Expose people for their trash, they're doing. So I think that's more of my concern. It's like, who thought they should rat him out? Somebody who didn't want him to be coach of the Redskins anymore. Because you know, it's it's not like he's the only coach that's off doing, you know,
0: something inappropriate. But the world is petty nowadays. That is accurate. So maybe he can come back and coach the Atlanta Predators again. Because of my football officiating obligations, I have not been able to watch much of the WNBA playoffs live. Correct, on, inclu- including the finals, which my favorite team and Courtney's home. Well, now it's my home current home team. Yeah, I mean,
1: I'm not I'm not moving anytime soon, so they're my home team.
0: The Mystics are up two games to one, and hopefully, by the time this podcast drops, they will be WNBA champions. Please, please, because they went last year and didn't win. And I know Elena Deladon, two-time, now two-time WNBA MVP. So I was on my way to my kid's soccer game this weekend, and
1: I was, we went in McDonald's to get breakfast because they are hazing parents this year for soccer because all of his games are at the crack of dawn. Or at eight o'clock on a Saturday morning, which is terrible, because I have to get up earlier than I get up for work every day to go to his games. Anyways, we were at the we were at the McDonald's. We had stopped to get breakfast. And there were these three like older white guys that were having like a whole conversation about the WNBA, the Mystics, and how like just disappointed they were that there was nothing about Them really in the paper, which I thought was hilarious because you think you just think that nobody pays attention or nobody cares, and yet especially men, especially older white men, like they're not of the generation that's supposed to care about this at all, you know. But they were hot, and it was hilarious to listen to because they were not; they were none too pleased that it wasn't anywhere because it really wasn't. Like the Nationals are also in the playoffs, so I know that you know. A difference and the Redskins won't stop having drama, so that also
0: and the Redskins ain't no telling when they're gonna win a game, there really isn't.
1: But, anyways, it still doesn't mean that you shouldn't be covering the Mystics at a much higher level, but of course, they're not. Although, I will say, Bradley Beal wrote a fantastic article in the Players Tribune about his experience with women's basketball growing up with his mom who played in college and then was, you know, up to an uh, an associate AD. He learned everything he knows about basketball from her and kind of his, like, I won't say obsession with the WNBA, but kind of, like, he gave a preview of the Mystics team in the article for the Players' Tribune that's probably better than most of the beat writers for the Mystics in all of the DMV. Like, he probably, he went more in-depth about their depth why they're great. Obviously, one of their players is a coach for the Wizards, which they need all the help they can get. So, he you know, obviously he's talking about his relationship with her and why he believes that, you know, women should have an opportunity to be coaches in the NBA. And with that number of assistant coaches they've already hired, I feel like it's only going to be a matter of time before there's a head coach. I feel like every other day there's a new assistant coach in the NBA that
0: is a woman that has been hired well we're we're so good at transitions on this show because speaking of coaches and front office positions <laughs> the Los Angeles Sparks got front page news um, because their former general manager Penny Toller who who sports historians who may not know this uh, Penny Toller actually scored the first basket in WNBA history. And she also made the first free throw. She played for the Sparks for two years and immediately became their general manager after retiring. And what, she's been their general manager for 20 years? Yep. Until, what, last week? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Until last week when she uh, decided to pop off at the team who got swept by the Connecticut Sun in the semifinals and apparently she unloaded on a team in the locker room.
1: I still maintain that her unloading is not is not worse than any other
0: coach's unloading. That may be true. However, as we say once again, it's 2019 and there's some stuff that you just can't one, you can't let unload on a team that's mostly African American cuz most of the team are African American women. And two, you know was done in it was done in the dark as soon to come out of the light you knew that that stuff was probably gonna get out who by hook or by crook whoever leaked it or whatever especially
1: since Ramona Shelburne is the guy is the woman who covers all of Los Angeles the right like she gets all
0: the all the tea out of staples literally yeah apparently she went on an expletive field rant with a lot of racial epithets and you know, referred to the team multiple times by the n-word.
1: Wait, we need to we need to give context because she is black, so it's not like
0: is <laughs> an African American woman herself. If if this was a white GM doing that, oh, this is this is a whole other. Yeah, let's not. Yeah. And
1: this story would have increased the exposure <laughs> by a million. You know, yeah, <laughs> that's why I don't understand why this was that big of a deal. Like, I just don't feel like getting yelled at for poor performance just seems kind of par for the course in sports. I mean, I understand that, you know, it's not always the right thing to do, but it was also a lot to kind of put her in that position, you know? Or to, like, be like, hey, we're going to fire you for this. Like, I get it. It was a lot, but it was also kind of like,
0: for real, for real? In in a basketball sense, I mean, they weren't – Connecticut was a better team, and I think Los Angeles just – I don't know if they had injuries or there was some stuff that happened between Derek Fisher and Candace Parker because one of those games she sat right. She put oh, thirteen or eleven minutes or something crazy. Like sounds like the Sparks were kind of just dysfunctional. Mm-hmm. And this was this was pretty much the Waterloo. I mean, it's Los Angeles; they're known for drama. I can't. I can't wait for the drama that comes out of Laker season. That's for sure.
1: Oh dear God! Oh,
0: I'm not even prepared for that. Lakers, Clippers. Then you got Rockets and their general manager. Right. So this is like
1: where, like, you must understand geopolitical alliances to tweet these days. So basically, Rockets GM Daryl Morey literally tweeted something about. Fighting for freedom, support Hong Kong. Now, this feels kind of innocuous, but uh, China was not happy. Like, not like China. Like, the Chinese government was not happy that this one GM tweeted something that was essentially a sentence long, relatively innocuous, because it directly went against the situation that's currently going on. In China, so for those of you that don't know, quick, very miniature history lesson, Hong Kong used to be a British territory, and I believe in, what, 99 or something like that, it reverted back to being a part of China. But the thing about Hong Kong is that it's very westernized. It has has a very special relationship with China in the sense that, like, They're one country, but governed separately, essentially, and or part of one country, but governed separately. And in Hong Kong, over the last few weeks, there have been massive protests. When I say massive protests, I mean 25% of the entire population of Hong Kong coming out to protest some legislation that the Hong Kong legislator or parliament wanted to pass. Essentially, those those rules um, aligned with people from Hong Kong being able to be sent to mainland China for trial if they are caught doing certain crimes, um, and this is not something that the people of Hong Kong are okay with. So they literally like took to the streets. It's the kind of taking to the streets that like makes the women's march like look tiny. Now, granted, this is this is this is a city with far less people than the 325 million people that the U.S. has. But either way, such a huge percentage of the population was out protesting to the point where they forced the China the Hong Kong leader person, I don't know what her actual title is, to sit down with her and explain what happened and all of that. Yeah, to the point where the, the leader of Hong Kong actually withdrew the bill that would have uh, allowed people charged with crimes to be tried on the mainland China, but the protests have continued in Hong Kong because they essentially see it as their opportunity to, to, to utilize the leverage that they have. Also this kind of special arrangement goes away in like 2049 or something like that or 2050. And so the Hong Kong citizens are kind of like, well, then what do we do? Like we don't want to be part of because they don't really want to be part of China, like in the sense of like China's rules and stuff like that. Anyways, all that to say, Darren Mori made a tweet and like China suspended a bunch of partnerships and sponsorships and um, it's right before the NBA China preseason games happen what this week, mm-hmm. and you know, you know, the, in, the NBA is not known for being like, Hey, we are going to tell you what to do, we are going to tell you not to support or advocate for your causes with the players. But they essentially were like, Uh, Darren Murray, you need to stop
0: talking. Um, because Even James Harden had to come out and tweet, We love China,
1: right? It's, it's a lot of We love China because the Chinese are pulling out of certain relationships and partnerships, and that's a big deal for the bottom line of the the, the NBA. Uh, but it's just such a departure from what they usually do um, in relation to their players when they want to advocate for something in the U.S.
0: And hell, let's face it. China and the United States are already on shaky ground with the tariff situation that's going on between our government. So to add even more fuel to the fire. Right. It's a weird situation, but you just
1: wouldn't expect the NBA NBA to be like, yeah, hush. That hasn't been their style in the past, but this is definitely taken. And it's also kind of one of those things of like a word of caution, which is when you want to comment on things publicly and you are a public figure, you need to think twice about it because sometimes what seems like the most innocent of tweets or Facebook messages can have real impact and lasting impact because I feel like one thing that seems to be true is that these these diplomats kind of or or these these things are far more complicated than people realize at face value and they cause can cause serious issues uh, in this case to the NBA's economic status because that was a lot of suspending of this sponsorship or that sponsorship
0: which i'm sure equals lots of dollars lots of lots of dollars so what have we learned today ladies and gentlemen as my fiance likes to tell me all the time whatever is done in the dark always comes to light (laughs) whether you're jay gruden whether you're penny toller and whether you are uh daryl daryl morey daryl morey he probably could just left that to himself and not said anything
1: Right, because it was just—it was literally one tweet, one tweet that he probably didn't expect to get any sort of attention at all. Because to be perfectly honest, Americans aren't really paying attention—a ton of attention—to what is happening in China, kind of specifically what's happening specifically with Hong Kong. The type of thing about China is in relation to what our national debt is and how, who, and how we're going to leverage things to pay it.
0: the last time we did this the last time we did this podcast our seminoles were one and two and obviously the last podcast is about how people should be patient and we were hoping that florida state would be two and two after that podcast however right now they're actually three and two because they've put two uh pretty good games together yep And all the talk about, you know, firing Willie has at least quieted down. They had nice little elementary school kids writing letters to the football team, supporting them, being nice. There's lots of being nice to the football team right now. (laughs) Yeah. Hopefully that doesn't (laughs) go away after we are opened up as almost four touchdown underdogs to Clemson.
1: Yes, we did.
0: North Carolina was a two-point conversion away from beating Clemson a week ago, North Carolina might be a better team than us. I mean, they lost to Appalachian State, so I have no idea.
1: I don't. I don't know what to think of our team right now.
0: Yeah, I. I don't either. Will I be surprised if we lose by four touchdowns? Nope. No. Nope. But who knows? Because we were in this position two years ago, going to going to uh, Death Valley, and I think we only ended up losing. I mean, Blackman was the quarterback. That was a season where DeAndre Francois got hurt, and we didn't know what the hell was going on.
1: Wasn't that wasn't that before Clemson and the their first national
0: championship? That was the season of. So
1: I feel like that's a difference, and I also feel like Jimbo was very used to the Jimbo Dabble relationship.
0: They played them tough that year. After this game, the second half of the season, I think if if they play like they've played last a couple weeks. They will be all right. At least make a bowl game, for real. And I mean, at f- at the beginning of the season, we we're like, "Dang, are we really gonna lose to both of our rivals again?" I still think that may maybe possibly Florida might get some more bragging rights for another year. However, Miami, on the other hand, they are bad. So if we can beat them, we going we gonna we gonna be all right. Finally, before we hang up. I don't know if I've said this on podcast. I've probably mentioned it a few times that uh, I'm an avid Braves fan, and we're taping this episode after the Braves left eight men on base in the last three innings and ended up losing to the Cardinals to tie the National League Division Series up at two. Y'all realize that playing the Cardinals is always the death of people? (sighs) Well, the last time we played the Cardinals in the playoffs was the infamous infield flygate game. And I don't necessarily want to talk about it because it brings up horrible memories. But we had runners on first and second with one out in the bottom of the seventh or the eighth. A ball got hit into left field. It was in the outfield. It was in the outfield. The ball got caught in the outfield. Or actually, let me rephrase that. The ball was in the outfield and landed between the two outfielders. And I keep emphasizing outfield because (laughs) the umpire ruled that it was an infield fly rule which for those who don't know infield fly rule that means that's the if there is a runner on first and second or if the bases are loaded then any pop out in the infield that can be normally generally caught by an infielder is automatically ruled out to prevent them from like dropping the ball on purpose and getting a force out somewhere. So that's why that rules in place. But I digress because the ball was hit into the outfield <laughs> and it was a huge brouhaha. This was seven years ago. Fans threw, threw stuff out onto the field. Oh God. They had to stop the game for like 20 minutes. Uh, wow. It was Tripper Jones's last game. That's mean. Because we eventually ended up losing. Um, I think they tried to protest the game at some point because there was no way on God's green earth that that should have been called a, an infield fly because the ball was hitting to the outfield. But that's neither here nor there. So this series has basically been a week-long process of avenging all those demons <laughs> from last time we played the Cardinals. And now we have to go to a game five. Granted, it's at home on Wednesday, but I'm nervous. And, you know, with the stigma of all Atlanta sports teams about how they can't close the deal, the last Atlanta team to win a championship, or other than Atlanta United, win an MLS, but was us, or was the Braves, uh, 24 years ago. Really? World Series. Yep. Falcons, Hawks, Braves. That's it. And at the same time, the Braves... Won 14 straight division pennants. Like, they went to the World Series five times in the 90s. Only won once. Hopefully, by the time, once again, that this podcast drops, the Braves will be headed to the National League Championship Series. And for Courtney's sake, let's just hope that they don't play the Nationals. Because there is nothing else that I would love more than to annihilate the Nationals and keep them from going to the World Series. The way Braves fans feel about the Nationals is probably the same way that Florida State fans feel about Miami. Or no, no, is the way we feel about Florida. On that note, let's hope all of our dreams and predictions come true that we said on this podcast. I feel like it was like six of them. (sighs) Fingers crossed. And make sure, once again, you pay attention to what you're doing because, as Tyler Perry and my fiancé say, (laughs) what's done in the dark always comes the light